So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, Ooh wow. Oh. Good job. Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start. And that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat. Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. What's up, everybody? We're back. Another R2C2. Playoff edition, man. Tough one tonight, bro. Ugh, man. You know, see, we're, we're going to get into everything from this game um, and break it all down. And, and, and there's a lot of specific things to hit on. But I, I just want to give one macro evaluation. This team hasn't been that good. You know, this team hasn't been that good for 162. They've had some really bright moments. But... Look, I mean, their run differential on the season was plus 42. Like that, you know, for people who don't know the context of that, that is not normally a team that wins 92 games. That's usually a team that's just hovering over 500. That's not usually a team that's 22 games over 500. The Yankees were sort of a statistical oddity with how well they played in close games. And you could say part of that was the fabric of how they're built. But part of that is also getting lucky, honestly. And eventually... You know, the truth comes home to roost. You know, there's a reason why. Go look at the run differential of the teams that are actual contenders in these yeah. playoffs. You know, it's a lot different. And and see, you know, I, we'll get into Cole. We'll get into everything. But one thing, you know, let's just hit the offense first. All season long, this team has gotten big-time production from Judge, big-time production from Stanton, and not real much from anyone else. You know, Rizzo's had moments. You know, not having LeMahieu tonight hurt because he had yeah. started to come on a bit, you know. But but the offense is, they've underachieved all year, and we saw it again tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been one of those odd years where, you know, you know, Gio didn't have his normal year. DJ didn't have his normal year. But you had Stanton, Stanton and Judge in the middle, um, you know, kind of holding it down. It would mask a lot of things, you know, hitting homers late and, you know, driving in runs, you know, late in the games that, you know, probably – we're masking some of the some of the offensive woes that we were watching all year. I mean, and it just kind of showed up today, which is crazy because like I I was just I've just been saying like for the past two weeks, we've been playing one game playoffs basically for, for the past two weeks, guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and this is what I was saying. Like when you get into the playoffs, after all the celebrating and you let your you let you get a, a second to relax. Yeah. This is what fucking happens, especially when you gotta play on the road. Especially yeah. when you got to go to Fenway, especially when it's in this rivalry. Yeah, like it's a this is a different atmosphere when you go up to Boston and you playing in fucking October because it's completely different than it was fucking two weeks ago when they went up there and swept Boston. That crowd was they stood up all night. They started chatting Garrett's name right away. Like it's different in fucking Boston. That place is place is magical. Fenway is magical in October because mm -hmm. you can get fucking bit in the ass, and they did today. Yeah, it is. All right, so let's 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 start with the first guy who got bit in the ass, and that was Garrett Cole, who, you know, I mean, <laughs> look, you don't get paid $36 million a year to go out and pitch the way he pitched tonight. Those are the facts. He knows that, not speaking out of school. That was an incredibly poor start in the biggest game of the season. I, I want to be fair to him and say last year in the playoffs, he pitched very well for the Yankees. He dealt. He dealt. Yeah, he yeah. dealt. 
He pitched very well for the Yankees. You know, we've seen him pitch well in October. So, see, I, I don't think it's a matter with this guy of like, oh, he's not built for this. No, he, no absolutely it's, not. It's not that. He just... You know, I, I will say this. By the end of the year, I didn't feel confident with him pitching against good offenses. And he pitched against good offense tonight, and he did not perform well. You know what it's like to be on the mound there, you know, at Fenway in a big mm -hmm. playoff game. See? you. I mean, I know I know. Uh, 2007 with Cleveland still, still bothers you to this yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and you guys being up 3-1 in that series and, and you struggling in the game five-star you know, take us through as you can relate to what Garrett Cole went through tonight. You know, what's crazy is that, I mean, I feel like it was less about Garrett a little bit more about like the Red Sox offense being locked in. Like from pitch one, he threw a, a fastball, a ball off and Schwarber saw that shit right away and was bitching at the umpire. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. they were on his shit early that, that at bat from Devers in the first inning that led to the home run. Like, he laid off some good pitches at the bottom of the zone, top of the zone, fouled off some good pitches. I mean, even the strikes that were called during that at bat weren't strikes. So they were, they saw, they were seeing him really well at the beginning. And I think it kind of threw him off. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, it leaves a changeup hanging right over the middle of the plate to to, to Bogarts. Um, you know, after a good slider, he spit on the good slider, and I'm sitting there with little C and I'm like, ah, I think he should go heater in right here. And they go change up. And, you know, it's a home run dead center. So it's just one of those things where I feel like the Red Sox came out and put some good at-bats on him very early, and it kind of flustered him a little bit. First of all, when you watch the game, are you, are you uh, calling each pitch? Uh, I am. Me and, Lil C, yeah. Yeah, me and Lil yeah. C are sitting there going back and forth because he's a hitter. I'm a pitcher. So that's yeah. the way we watch the game is going back and forth. And, like, you know, he, and he asked me, he was like, when a guy lays off a good slider like that, yeah. like, what do you do? And, when, and right when I said I'm trying to throw him a pitch that he can swing at or hit, Garrett leads the changeup right down the middle of the oh. plate, and then it's you know it's two nothing. Well, see that's the thing. See, I mean that I I think we all kind of agree was the wrong pitch, right? I mean everybody, I was I was texting with with Coney about it. Uh, you know I, I was you heard a Rod really harping on it throughout the broadcast, bringing it back up. What a bad pitch! Yeah. We were texting about it. You know. I mean, but it was just right off of the slider, though. It was you got to give Bogey credit, man. Like he you, took a good slider right down and away right before that. But you don't you know want to throw to one of the to one of the guys you don't want to beat you in the lineup, right? You no, don't want to throw a two-one changeup right down the pipe. Do well, you? I mean, I mean, and and going into the game, you know, Bogey wasn't swinging the bat that well, so you're not even thinking about he's a guy that can't beat you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, like the Devers at bat, he he was 0-2. He gets a three-two, ends up walking him. So, you know, he's he's a pitch away from getting out of the inning. So he may have been he may have been, you know, he may have just lost a little or just lost his train of thought. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Of the pitch sequences. You know what I'm saying? So but throwing that change up right there at that time, maybe maybe he had called it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like and well, you just go with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things you, where I, right. I, I I get it. But I'm wondering as a pitcher though, dude, are you is that like you leave that start, right? Is that a pitch that you're going to be thinking about for you know the rest of the offseason? Like, why did I throw the change up there? Like, I I can't I can't let him hit a two run homer off the change up. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, that's his fourth best pitch. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, so, right. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to not sleep the whole offseason, reliving that change up going out dead center for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because you know, 
I didn't think the sh- the pitch that Schwarber hit out was that bad a pitch. It was a it maybe was, it was but, too but, middle, it, but, but it was bro, an elevated fastball. But even the first fastball that he popped up, I thought yeah. like, yeah, I mean, he put he a good swing got. on that. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. almost guy. He just missed that bitch. Like he put a good swing on it. Like his at bat was really good. So they just were seeing the ball really, really good off Garrett tonight. You know, it, yeah, it's hard because um, the reality is the best hope for the Yankees to win this game, right, was the ace going out there and shoving. Absolutely. You know, this is, right? This is why you got Garrett Cole. You got him to go out there and just go win you the game. But you go know what happened, Cuz? The ace on the other side went out and shoved. And that's yeah, what we're not giving them credit, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Evaldi was Evo, great. Evaldi was great. And he's pitched on both sides of this fucking um, this rivalry. So he don't give a fuck. He's going out there. Like, he's not scared, cuz. And that's what I was trying yeah. to tell y'all. During the text, during the text message change during the game, like Evo is the key to this game because if he goes out and deals like he has the seven other starts he pitched against us all year, yeah, then we're in fucking trouble, cuz because yeah. we got to score runs in Fenway. So the only way we're gonna win this game is by scoring five or six runs. I thought, yeah, uh, which you know it, it does always feel like that's the case at Fenway. I, you want the other thing is just not getting out of the first inning. There's something about a playoff game, right? where when you don't get out of the first inning, it's just like, it's this massive gut punch. And, and for Cole to get, to give up the two-run homer in the first inning, it felt like this huge, like, swagger crusher, if you will. You know, instead of like, all right, here we go. We just came off a sweep at Fenway, right? You got your ace on the hill. Here we go. You're like, gosh darn it. Like the, and you might be using different language than that, of course, but you're yeah. like, you're like, you know, he he gives up that two-run homer. Now, all of a sudden, everything about the mentality changes, man. And I just, I need my ace to at least get me through the first inning there. I need you to get me through the first inning. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. But see, like, for me, and this is what I kept telling y'all, like, this was going to be a fight, cuz. So yeah. it didn't matter if we got down early or not. Like, we were going to have to fight in this game. Like, and, and that's what, and that's all I was trying to express, it, just going into Fenway after you know, sweeping these guys, and it's you know, it's, it's a different different atmosphere. Like when when he we when we didn't get out of the first inning, yeah. it was tough. It was crushing. You know what I'm saying? Took yeah. We down two nothing, but I'm like, I mean, this is gonna be a fucking fight anyway. You know what I'm saying? We got to score runs anyway, so let's yeah. let's strap our shit on and, and and get some get something going. And Giancarlo was there, man. Like he showed up and fucking was hitting some balls oh hard, gosh. and yeah. you know, we had the error on the base pass with with, with Nevinson and Judge, and that yeah. kind of killed the inning, bro, because. In that moment, you know, I felt like, um, you know, Cora gave Evo a quick hook right there. And, yeah, you, and you bring I in. Agree. I agree. I agree. It worked out for him, but it almost really didn't work out. No, for him. man, that, that could have been yeah. really, that could have been a really bad move right there. Yeah. Um, taking Evo out so fast and with that quick hook. And, but luckily they got the ball off the wall and were able to, you know, get the relay. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately we didn't hold him up at third. All right. So the last thing I just want, I want to talk about that. But I just don't want to forget to say this uh, about Cole because I think I will be being, um, I think I'll be skirting some of my responsibilities if I don't say it. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to prove himself post sticky stuff because his ERA was over four after everything went down. And he cannot like being, and I, you know, I've defended him being the, the face of it and the subject of it and him getting more heat than anybody else when it was a game wide pervasive thing. I don't think that was right, that everything got pinned on him when it was around the sport as much as it was. So I've defended him like that. Having said that, you can't then go out 
and pitch significantly worse over a long body of work and not expect people to wonder about it. Like anybody who's being an honest adult about it is going to understand that those questions are there. So if Derek Cole doesn't want that to end up being a theme in his career moving forward, he's going to have to pitch like he did pre you know, change in the sticky stuff next year. Because as of right now, that question wasn't answered. You know, you, you go from being all world with an ERA in the low twos to pitching in the fours and getting shelled in your, you know, start at Fenway Park. It is very reasonable. And I'm not saying he had gems in there. He had the game against the Astros. We understand all that. But the large sample size was significantly worse than the large sample size before then. So, I, I mean, I'm guessing, see, I don't want to, I'm not going to put you on the spot to directly call him out, but I'm just going to ask you this because I think this is a fair way to take it to you. Is that something, as you get ready to start the next season, is that something on your mind, knowing, okay, people are going to have questions about this after the way this went, and it's up to me to kind of say, no, I can still do my thing and, and shut up that narrative? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always a narrative around a, a, a big money pitcher that, you know, isn't performing. Whether it's the sticky stuff, in my case, it was pitching in the playoffs. In Kershaw's play, case, it was pitching in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's always going to be narratives around, you know, what you can't do or what you need to prove. So. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's got to go into next season, you know, not only proving that he can that he can pitch without whatever and pitching and pitching great in the playoffs for the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a big thing too. I mean, that these that these fans um expect you to do, you know what yeah. I'm saying? In, in these big moments. So yeah, I mean, I think they all have a lot to prove. But we've all had a lot to prove with that core and that team since 2017. So it's just it's weird that it's, it had that it hasn't Man, I keep saying this, and I say this every fucking offseason, right after the season. If you would have told me in 2017 that we'd be sitting here fucking five years later with no championships with this core, I would tell you, you're crazy. I know. But we are. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, see, I, I could not agree more. It, it's shocking to me. First of all, one thing it does is it makes me appreciate the late 90s dynasty even more. Yeah. Because you, you you know you realize how how difficult it is to win. You realize how difficult it is to you know have this linear sort of progression. Um, which I I'm not even gonna lie. For me, it, it yeah. makes me appreciate those guys even more too. Yeah. Because I, I I've I've won in New York, and yeah. I know how hard it is to fucking not only just win but to keep that going. And the, and right. and what they did over that span in the late '90s was incredible, especially in this city. So. It's it's hard, man, to to win here, to play here, to perform well, to have the 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 chemistry. Um, yeah, I mean that that was something special, and I think I think we all get spoiled by by the core four and in those teams yeah. and 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 how easy it was it seemed to be for those guys. Dude, you are so right. It, it is amazing how easy it seemed for those guys. Like they were, it was just this incredible collection of remarkable competitors who did not wilt under the pressure, who were ridiculously consistent. You know, I think about this all the time when I see the kind of years, when I see what's happened with Gary and Glaber, right? And, and, and Gary and Glaber have vacillated between being all-world superstars and being below-average players, you know? And that's a, that's a remarkable up and down. And Yeah, but makes, I, I don't think it's fair to compare... These guys to those guys. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's fair to compare anybody from that even that era to these guys. You know what I'm but, saying? To these guys that are playing today. I mean, especially 
especially just because the game has changed so much. Um, I mean, there's so many ups and downs. You know what but I'm saying? Fit, and, and, but, but and we're see, talking about a core of guys in the 90s that were yeah. damn near border, all borderline Hall of Famers. Hall but, of Famers and borderline Hall of Famers, uh, guys. Uh, okay, I agree. But that's kind of my point. My point is, isn't that sort of the way we thought Sanchez and Torres were going? Like when I they mean, burst onto that, the scene? But that's they, the that's way we my, think Juan Soto's going to go. I mean, you can't fucking... You but that's what I'm you, saying. But that's you can't what, like You can't off one or two years from a guy just like... I mean, it is what it is. These guys are young. Like, you have ups and downs. Like, but you those hit and miss guys on and, some guys. But I, I totally agree. But I think, to, to your point, because I think we're actually kind of agreeing while disagreeing, to your point, I think people have, and myself included, we have that late 90s model in mind where those guys didn't have ups and downs like that. They were consistent as all hell. Bernie Williams is hitting over 300. Six straight years. Paul O'Neill right there with him in the middle of the lineup. And I know they weren't the young, young guys on the team. Jeter, same thing, right? Posada, same thing. Like, it was ridiculous that those guys were as consistent as they were. And I think we looked at the core of, and Bird was a part of it at first, too. But we looked at the core of Judge, of Sanchez, of Torres at the time of Bird. And we said, oh, because we saw the top end of what they could do. And we just assume consistency because that's what we saw with the last championship core. And the reality is, you know, the outlier isn't isn't what Torres is doing, isn't what Sanchez is doing. It's very normal. The outlier is what those late what 90s those guys, guys did. did. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, comp- c- like, give me name me another core on any of the in any of the franchise that that did with those guys in the late 90s. I agree like, with you. That's what it's all yeah. those guys yeah. are. You can't compare fucking Bernie and like that's a that's a crazy example, and that's why it's hard to win like over Yankee fans or yeah. have yeah. Yankee fans that have a like a, a a real view of of a of a fucking how franchise hard it is or, to win or how hard it is to yeah. raise players, cause yeah, or yeah. even to to raise talent to be yeah. that good, cause like that's a hard fucking thing to do. That's why you got to get a raise fucking credit for what they've done yes. in their payroll yes. and being able to fucking roll over and have Ronda Franco and. Trade Willie Adamas and you know Austin Meadows and all these different guys. You got to give them credit for for being able to develop players. You got to give Boston credit. Yeah, like they always win homegrown. Cause Devers yep. is their guy. Fucking Bogarts is their guy. Yeah, Bobby Dahlback is their guy. Yeah, like we we have to do a better job of you know bringing our getting guys, our guys. Up, getting yeah. our guys up. Yeah, dude, yeah. I t- I think we're actually agreeing, right? Like the the nineties Yankees set such a ridiculous standard that we're looking for the guys to fulfill what they did. And it's just That's like not going to happen. Yeah. Ever. Uh, but at the same time, to your point, you know, the organization also has to do a better job of, of developing talent um, and helping to continue to develop talent, right? Like you have these, you know, you have these pieces that are really promising. How do you continue to get the most out of them and not have them fall off the face of the earth not have them all of a sudden not be championship pieces. That's Bro, part of your job as an organization player development. This Red Sox team is a completely different. Our core lost to a, a team in 18 that's not even the same red. They went on to win the, the World Series. Yeah. Mookie, Jackie Bradley, Ben Attendi. They traded all them dudes. Yeah. We still got the same core. We yeah. come back to Boston fucking four years later and lose to a fucking completely different core that's player point. that that's they have point. raised up in three years, cuz. Yeah. Like, how does that yeah. happen? That's what a great the fuck point. are we doing wrong and yeah. they doing right? That in a three-year span, they win the World Series 
and then a completely different core whoop our ass in a fucking wild card game. It's a great point. That's perfectly said, see? Perfectly said. And to your point, you could say that about the Rays as well. And that's why, look, the and we'll get back into the game to get a little more micro, but sticking with this macro approach for a moment, that's why I think the Yankees as an organization have some hard questions to ask right now. Because it is stunning after what we saw in 2017 and all the young talent for this team to not have had better postseason since then. I think we are all shocked that after what we saw in 2017, this team didn't win a championship. I think we're shocked to see they didn't get closer to a championship. I think part of why this loss isn't going to hurt as badly as, say, 17 or 19 mm-hmm. is I think we kind of knew this wasn't a championship team. You know, yeah. like we're, we're yeah, they could have won tonight. And, but this wasn't a championship team. And that's a problem, right? Something's going wrong when you were working from the core that you were and you have the resources you have as the New York Yankees and you have not put it together. And those are difficult questions that it's going to be up to the Steinbrenner family to take a hard look at and try and figure out where the dots are not connecting because the inertia is done. The inertia from that 2017 team, it's done. It's over. It didn't carry into a championship. Period. The end. Now you need to look at the pieces and say, okay, what stays, what goes, what needs to change? Because we can't just, you know, retool slightly from this and keep it going, keep it trucking. Mm-hmm. You, you're gonna have to do some things differently because it ain't working. Everybody else around you is getting better, and you've gotten worse. Man, so, the Blue Jays are so fucking. Yeah, good, they're knocking on the door now, the man. The Blue Jays are scary, cuz because they the are. Blue Jays run be, differential. They're yeah. gonna be really good next year, cuz. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, see? So, like, I mean, honestly, the Yankees might have to look at it and say the one thing that they can do, and A-Rod actually made this point on the broadcast where the Yankees' superpower can be sort of the the wallet, you know? And that might be. That might be where the Yankees have to go. Other Because I don't know if there are other answers internally that are ready to to fill the voids that we've seen here. You know, I mean, look, it, it, at the end of the day, you got great seasons out of Judge and Stanton and you had a poor season out of the offense, that's telling you that there's a lot missing, right? Like outside of those guys, there's a lot missing. And from a rotation standpoint, you also have not been able you know, to put together a trustworthy, consistent top three, like what we saw when you guys won in 09, right? We have not seen fi- finding that rotation that you yeah. feel like, okay, I know, I, I know what I'm getting. I can keep running these guys out. You know what I was thinking too when I when Evo was pitching fucking in in a red size uniform like we had a chance to sign that guy probably like, for peanuts after his surgery we had a chance yeah. to sign like he yeah. should still be in our uniform you know what yeah. I'm saying like yeah like I don't know I mean it's just we I mean we him Tanaka I mean if we had you know Cole, with Cole I mean it, you know and Monty I, I don't know it's just a few different things that that you know I feel like led to these moments that we're sitting here at you know these last couple of off seasons like what the fuck happened? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. See, all right, so let's go back to the biggest point of the game is Stanton smokes that double in the sixth inning off the wall after Judge's infield single, which followed Rizzo's solo home run, right? And this was this was the moment of the game because this was the opportunity the Yankees had to get back in it. First of all, 
John Carlos Stanton is just ridiculous. He, man, he has but been, let's, let's start with Rizzo's at bat, though. Oh, yeah, man. Like him yes, getting yes. it started because yes. nothing was happening. You know what I'm saying? No, like, no. It, like the, the offense I'd, was stagnant. I take that Evo guy was back. Fucking, yeah. I take Rizzo back. Evo was dealing, cuz, and, yeah. and he comes up and gets a fucking slider and tanks that bitch. And then yeah. it's like, oh, shit, we got life. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. It's like, a 3 1 game. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. like. Booney made the right move, getting Cole out when he did. Clay Holmes was a total stud. Clay Holmes, credit to Brian Cashman. That was a remarkable pickup. That dude is a beast. And but, he, yeah, he is a beast. And even when they took Garrett out, I, I said, I was like, yo, yeah, take him out because our yeah. bullpen is good enough to hold it. Yeah. It's on the offense. We got to yes. score runs. Like yes. Our bullpen is going to be good enough if we can take some pressure off of them. Yes, and... When Stanton hits that ball off the wall, first of all, it's the second ball of the night that looked like it was definitely out. Damn, man. Great monstered out there. Yeah. It's funny because sometimes the I think the first one might have been out. I think the first one might have been out. You think so? Other places yeah, would have been just a fly out? I think so because it hit off, it hit low off the wall. So I think okay. that may have been on the track. All right. But the second one was... Second smoked, one was definitely man. a homer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he just... He, it's just ridiculous. He's been their most clutch hit of the last two seasons. And so everyone needs to get off his back forevermore. Um, but and it was funny because he's coming up and I, you just like knew he was gonna crush a ball like yeah. it, it, even like his home run at the end it's just like he's in that zone where it's just like you can't get this guy out. I mean, but, even right. Alex Cora knew he was gonna hit that yeah. ball hard because he would have let him face Evo. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like exactly. Evo had nothing to get hard. him out. Yeah, 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 nothing to get him out. And he still hits it hard. So all right, so let's go to the send. So I want to I want to say this: the Yankees have been bad on the base pass this year. The Yankees have had too many runners thrown out at home plate, tied for the most in the league. I think that that was a bad send. That's obviously not a novel take. Everybody kind of knows that wasn't a great send. I don't think it was quite as bad as people make it out to be. And this isn't just because I love Phil Nevin and and I and I as a person and I and I, I don't like to criticize him just because he's so wonderful as a guy. He is. Um, I, he is. He's the best. He's, he's the, the best. best. He is. He's the yeah. best. And he'll be the first to say. By the way, he's a he stand-up will. dude. He'll be the first to yeah. say he shouldn't have sent him. I don't think it was as bad. As as it initially seemed, because it caromed so much off the wall, and it did take two perfect throws, right? Plus, plus you had essentially an automatic out up next in Joey Gallo, okay? Who who's at bats are tailor made for an opposing pitcher in the postseason. Like if I'm an opposing pitcher, I'm like I want to face that guy because he just he's got you know he's got seventeen thousand holes in his swing, even if he produces in the regular season. So it's not like an automatic. However, see, however, I want to say this. When you're thrown out by that much, yep. y- it's still the wrong move. And it changes the complexion of the at-bat and the feeling like, does Gallo maybe get a mistake there if that if Brazier's feeling the pressure because it's second and third one out, all of a sudden momentum's turned. Like if if Judge just stays at third there, see, all of a sudden, the momentum's totally different. We feel like, all oh, the Yankees are coming back. They're winning this game. The second he gets thrown out at home, we never get to feel that momentum. That, that, that moment of feeling like, oh, the juice is going the Yankees' way, it's gone the second that Judge is thrown out at home. If he stays at third, it's there. And maybe that does change the at-bat for Gallo. Maybe that does change the tenor of the inning. Maybe that does change the game. And maybe Gallo get, gets a sack fly, like you said. Maybe get, maybe in the, yeah. it's a mistake, and he gets a sack fly or something like that. But you're right. I mean, when you get thrown out by that much with one, yeah. with one out, um, you know, it makes it look bad. But, I mean, maybe he was thinking because Gallo was coming up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That we, we may need to try to sneak this run across. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's just a tough spot with, with Gallo hitting behind G right there. 
Yeah. Um, you know, because and, he's not because he's not the hitter. He's not like I mean, I'll use the, my favorite example, Matt Suey. Matt Suey was the dude who I knew every time there was a runner on third with less than two outs. He's finding a way to get him in. Like he's yeah. just the ultimate at that, right? Gallo's like the kind of hitter where I'm like, I don't have any confidence in him to have the back control to get that run in from third with less than two outs. Like maybe he's gonna, but he's not doing it because all of a sudden his approach changes. You know, yeah, like yeah. So I could see Nevin maybe thinking, just okay, trying to force the action a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you saw Carlos Fables do that, but he was up by three runs at the time. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, you know, you're just trying to sneak a run any way you can um, in those situations, and, and he got caught. I mean, it, like you said, it took two perfect throws, but he was out by a lot, bro. He was out yeah. by a lot. And, and I think that's the fairest evaluation, right? And I think that's what Phil will probably say, too. Like, I, I don't think it's the worst. I, don't, I do not think it's the worst send I've ever seen. But when you're thrown out by that much, and especially, like, if you just hold them, you're – all of a sudden, Boston's really feeling it. Like they're they're starting to press, right? They're starting to feel like, oh shit! Like this game has turned, um, yep. and you have second and third one out. Now all of a sudden, the pressure's on Brazier. Maybe Gallo does get a mistake, which you know that's they the know one that thing they can do. Not really good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? you're like, into the game where every, you have the advantage. Like everybody just starts tightening up a little bit, you yeah. know, and, and maybe somebody makes a mistake, a throwing error, or some shit like that. You never know what happens. Exactly. But the bottom line is. This, just like that, see, like this team didn't have enough contributors this season that were going good to be able to overcome that margin of error. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, you know, the Garrett Cole struggling and Nevin getting a guy thrown out at the plate like that. Like this team didn't have enough to cover up those kind of happenings, yeah. you know, yeah, like, for sure, just, yeah. It just didn't. Whereas in 2017, you guys did, right? You were able to overcome Seve, you know, only getting one out in the first inning, right? I like, mean, you, but, yeah, the same. Yeah, you know, if you one out in the first inning is we down three nothing. Yeah, but I mean, too, and, and, and I just keep saying, man, like they have played so many tough games over the last two weeks. You know what I'm saying? You think it, it wears just, on you? It wears you down, man. It really yeah. does, especially when you get a chance to celebrate and relax for a little second. So, so you think the celebration actually hurts in some ways? I think in some ways, yeah, because you feel like you accomplished something when you really didn't. You need you're yeah. not even in the playoffs. Play one yet, more game. You, know? you play one yeah. more game. You know, know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. it was it's it's not an accomplishment. Like yeah. you know, you just you got into a one game playoff. So it, it, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, for sure, the celebration can can mess you up when you get into those intense. You know, last ten days of the season, you got to win every game. Okay, so this takes us back to something that I think it became very important, see? And it's how the Yankees finished the season, you know? They played so well in that series at Fenway and that series at Toronto, right? And they took care of business the way they needed to. They beat the teams in front of them. And then they went home against Tampa and they laid an egg. And I know they ended up winning that game, you know, to punch their ticket into the playoffs with the, you know, infield single from Judge finally scoring a run in that game. But what happened those first two games was treated very casually, and it was a big deal. You were playing a Rays team that had everything locked up. You were home, and all you had to do was win two of three, and you were going to host this game. And you didn't. And to me, that was a big deal because that was you having something on the table in front of you that was up to you to accomplish, and you didn't do it. And so all of a sudden, for me, like, coming off the Toronto series, I'm feeling good going into the playoffs. Coming off the Rays series, I wasn't because they already left something on the table that was up to them. 
and that was hosting that game at Yankee Stadium. And it didn't take a sweep. It took winning two out of three at home. And there's no reason why, if you're going to do something big in October, you can't win two out of three at home against a team that has nothing they're playing for right now when you have a lot you're playing for. And, and I thought that was very significant that the Yankees lost two out of three in that final series. And, and like, I think, like, for you, I mean, you, you got and, and Yankee fans and everybody keeps yeah. saying, like, they, they laid an egg, but they didn't, man. Like, they, they didn't lay an egg. What happened was the Rays showed up to Yankee Stadium with nothing on the line and said, guess what? We're better than you guys. And we're going to mm. fucking kick y'all ass. I know we know you need these games, but we're mm -hmm. about to come in here and whoop y'all ass. Friday, mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. they, they won that game. And Saturday, I was sitting there, cuz, and mm -hmm. they were having so much fun yeah. in Yankee Stadium in yeah. a game that they didn't fucking need. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Lowe hitting three home runs. Like, yeah. that yeah. shit was embarrassing, cuz. Yeah. They came yeah. to Yankee Stadium and let them know, even if y'all do win this wild card game, we still going to come in here and fuck y'all up. They yeah. had no chance of beating Tampa this year, cuz. Yeah. And they made that very clear last weekend. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That yeah. was a fucking statement. Like, even if y'all do beat Boston, in Boston or here, it, it's y'all got no fucking chance. It, Period. Did, was your blood boiling watching I that was Saturday? so fucking, I was so fucking mad, cuz. Yeah. Like, that was embarrassing <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, Like, was. that was crazy. That and was even crazy, even said it after the game. That was fucking yeah. embarrassing. And they didn't lay an egg, cuz. They were trying. They played hard. The Rays were better than them, cuz. Period. Yeah. yeah. Period. Yeah. And they're a better team, right? They they're a are a better team. They let them fucking know. They let them fucking know. Look, the, the Rays, what the Rays have been able to do with their limited resources, with the changeover they've had consistently in their organization, I mean, it's unbelievable the way they continue to pick up the pieces, put it together and build a contender. What they are doing is remarkable. It really is. And you're right, see, like this Yankee team, it, it wasn't going and beating the Rays. And, and you know what? I, I think of something I remember, see, in 2002, the Yankees were down 2-1. I think it was 2-1 when, when Jeter said it. Maybe it was 1-1 uh, to the Angels in the DS. And uh, they had won the first game with like back to back to back home runs. And then they, they ended up losing game two and, and they ended up losing in four. But at one point in that series, <laughs> Jeter was asked about like he basically was asked kind of a leading question like, well, you guys have been here before, right? Like you're confident, like you guys know how to handle these situations. You, you've been here before. And the reporter was obviously hearkening back to what the Yankees had done 96 through 01 with that dynasty team. But if you remember, the Yankees had a ton of changeover after 01. They, they did not bring back a lot of the same players. Paul O'Neill retired. Tino Martinez was gone. You know, uh, Scott Brocious was gone. There was a lot of there was a lot of change with that team. And Derek Jeter stopped the reporter and said, This team hasn't done that. Said, this team hasn't come back. Those are different teams. Like, this team hasn't proven that yet. And, you know, I think that I think that sometimes. Like, I hear different things, and I think this Yankee team kind of, like, thinks they did what the other teams did. Yo, this group has to play, to me, this team has to play, like, a group with a huge chip on their shoulder trying to prove themselves because they haven't done anything yet. There's one guy in that clubhouse who won in 2009 with you, Brett Gardner, and he probably has just played his last game. One guy. 
That's it. The rest of these guys haven't won. So you don't get to stand on the backs of the you know previous generation's accomplishments. You got to act hungry. You got to act desperate. You know, you don't go in and say, hey, you know, we're the Yankees and everybody fears us. Why would anyone fear you? You haven't won this time of year. You haven't. That's the facts. You know, anyone who has a problem with us or me laying out the facts, I'm sorry. Like to me, the method to victory for this Yankee team is desperation. I need to see a desperate team, a team that's looking to prove itself, not a team that thinks it's, you know, has a, it's walking in with a reputation. What's your reputation? Losing in the playoffs? Because, you know, that's what we've seen thus far. I got it after 17. See, I got it then because that team overachieved, was really young, I think impressed, you know? But since then, man, I, I need a I need a desperate team with a chip on its shoulder, acting Not, like it has to prove itself. No doubt, but I, and, and and I mean, I think you know, obviously for sure. But I think I mean, the Rays are good. Boston's good. I mean, we just keep talking it's gonna about be hard. Toronto's good. It's, gonna, it's be hard. gonna be hard. Yeah, because these teams are really good, and 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 you know, the the AL East is a beast, and and everybody's retooling. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it's gonna have to be. It's gonna be a dogfight next year. I mean. We get into we ain't even talk about the playoffs this year or what's gonna happen the rest of this year. Just getting into next year is gonna be crazy um, with these three teams again, four teams again. Is that what it comes down to though? See, is it just like these other teams have gotten so they're so good? They they got so good, guys. Yeah, and yeah. that's what it is too. Like the teams have gotten better, guys. Like yeah. and 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 to G's point, those aren't the same teams. You know what I'm saying? Like. To like you know, two years ago, three years ago, it's not the same Boston team that we playing. Like these are new guys. This you know this this Toronto team is matured. Like they got an MVP candidate in Vladdy. Like he's only gonna get better. Kevin BGO is gonna be healthy next year. Like they're definitely gonna sign some pitching. Like if Marcus Simeon come back, then their team's fucking complete, bro. Like yeah. the teams have gotten better. So that's a problem too. It's funny. Uh, I I'm just reading this quote from Booney. See where he said the league has closed the gap on us. We've got to get better in every aspect. Yeah, and that's there it what is. we're talking about right now. I'm telling now. you, that's right? that's, like, and I feel like Yankee fans need to understand that more than this team laid an egg or this team that blah 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 let us down. The other teams are a lot are, are better. You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is this year. So it's about construction. It's about finding a path to be able to keep up with those other teams. Then the other like, teams are better than us this year. Yeah, yeah, they are. I agree. See, I agree. You know what sucks about it, man? It sucks just not being able to watch them anymore. Like, because playoff baseball, when your team's in it, it's just the best, man. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy for me I, because I just because I'm such a baseball fan, I'm st I'm definitely going to be watching Wayne Wright tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Want to see him do well. But, I mean, I, I'm going to watch the playoffs. Like, me too. Me too. I, I get you know, into it's just it like when now. your team's like, in it. When, when the like, Yankees but, – but, yeah. but for me, when the Yankees are into it, I'm too invested. Like, today I was fucking – I sat nervous. on the couch all day nervous. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I knew this was going to happen. I yeah. knew they was going to lose today, guys. Yeah. I just knew it, because like I told you earlier, I knew going to Boston was going to be a fucking problem. Well, I remember our last like pod, shit. you predicted that it was going to be Yankees, Red Sox at Fenway. You thought, thought they would lose the series to the Rays and end up having to go to Fenway. Yeah, and I, I did not feel good about this. Yeah. It's tough, man. You know, the interesting thing is, like, there's no obvious internal path to being able to keep up with those other teams. Like, it's going to have to come externally. The Yankees are going to have to get really active in the trade market, really active in free agency. I, I think anything goes. Like, I mean, there's one guy 
who, I mean, I, I think you look and you say, okay, Judge and Stanton, cool. Everything else, let's see, up for grabs. I don't think there's anyone else who you look at and say their spot is like, you know, absolutely certain here. You have to be open to doing whatever you can to reshuffle the deck here because this group uh, has been given a more than fair shot. And we thought Cole was going to be the missing piece. And the reality is they've slinked in other areas where he was not enough to close the gap, even outside of him not living up to his responsibility tonight, right? Like last year, he did. But 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 the Rays were better, you know, and, and they closed the gap in other areas. So Yankees need to find a way to close. They need to get more athletic. They need to get more contact-oriented. Um, you know, they 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 need to get, I think, a trustworthy consistent two three in the rotation you know uh you know not having a tanaka it, it was a big deal just because like he was so reliable all those years and yep. I, he was a big reason why the yankees made their runs that they did to the alcs in 17 and 19 and got as close to the world series as they did right so yep. you know i mean if i think about the teams that won the world series see with you the reliability of you aj and andy right in the playoffs if i think about late 90s the way you felt about David Wells, Jimmy Key, Andy Pettit, El Duque, who was a ridiculous playoff pitcher, David Cohn, Clements. You know, the Yankees constantly threw guys who you just knew were going to battle, give you good starts. Yeah, there's some outliers. Everybody has an outlier. And that's why I don't want to overreact to this one start from Cole about his postseason reputation because he's otherwise been a very good postseason pitcher. He's good in the playoffs, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. His numbers are really good in the playoffs. So when you, you know, look, when his Yankee career is done, this may be one of those like, okay, outlier starts like Pettit's in Arizona, you know, like like that kind of start where it's like, yeah, you have one bad one every now and again. Um, but but there needs to be more, man. There needs to be there. There's some holes that need to be filled because this team just wasn't good enough. This baseball team wasn't good enough, man. It's kind of yeah, what it comes man. down and, to. And like and and Booney, I think summed it up perfect. Like the league has closed the gap, guys. Big yeah. time. Big yeah. time. They close the gap. They close the gap, man. Um, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to be recording more pods throughout the uh, playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, yeah, for yeah, sure. for sure. And then after any big I, games. I like reaction pods during the playoffs, guys. Yeah, fun. they're fun, man. They're fun. It's fun reacting right after the game, right? See, I just, I just got to say, can, can I say one thing about the Kyrie vaccination situation? Can I just say one thing? Because I'm like, I, I'm already, my heart is already toiling enough seeing the Yankees struggle. <laughs> now I got to worry about if this guy's going to be on the floor for them or not. Like, I just have to say this. You can't be a part-time player. You can't not practice, not play in home games, and expect to go play in road games. I'm sorry. That, that, that can't happen. If you're not going to be if, – if you are not going to be a part of this, you're so not a right part of So right now he's only on the, playing on the road? Uh, wow, if the Nets even let him do that. I don't know. That's, the Woj had a story tonight about the Nets are unsure what he's going to do. And they're unsure. I, 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 I told oh. you though, I don't think Kyrie really, really, really wants to hoop, guys. Maybe he doesn't, but it'd be nice if they, you know, if he told them that before they make plans around him, you know? Like it's it, it, it if he really doesn't want to and he wants to go do something else, fine. That's his prerogative. He can he can give back the money and he can go do whatever he wants with his life. No, he already but, signed up for the money. They gotta pay him, guys. Well, they they don't gotta pay him if he ain't gonna play. <laughs> if he wants to go do something else, he, and by the way, I gotta tell you. I know that the the union and the league just agreed to what they agreed to about um, 
you know, basically he loses almost a full game check for every road game he'd miss. He'll lose about 380,000 per road game he misses. But if you're not practicing, I, I honestly, I don't think you should be getting anything from a, I mean, from home game. I, I, if you're not practicing, I don't think you should be getting anything for road games either because dude, you're not, you, you're not doing what you need to do to fulfill your obligation to this team. Nah, fuck that. I get paid to play games because I don't get paid to practice. Let me tell okay. you what I don't get paid to do. If, 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 if it's a road game and I show up and I'll play, you pay me my motherfucking money. Like, fuck that. Okay. Like, but you, you don't get paid to practice, guys. Okay. So you're, get, you're just going to never get to be around the team and show. I mean, obviously, that's untenable. No, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't go for that shit, but I'm just yeah, saying, okay, like, within, saying. The, within the parameters of, like, this motherfucker, like, what he can do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, if he show up for a game, you got to pay him. Fuck practice. Uh, okay. Fine. Your union stance has been heard. Now let's go back to how you would feel if you were in that. Dude, that, wouldn't that drive you nuts if you know you have a championship team and you're worried about, is this guy going to show up or not? Like, Yeah, I mean, especially probably you could just, I mean, I hate to say this, but you could probably trade him for a couple pieces that, that would help, you know, yeah. help you too. I mean, honestly, all you need is, I told you this last year, two out of three. Yeah. You need KD healthy yeah. with either Kyrie or Harden. You don't yes. need all three of them. If I Harden and if, if Harden and and uh, Durant are healthy. They gonna win the shit, guys. Yes, I agree with you totally. He Kyrie is an insurance policy if one of them goes down. Exactly. That's that's what he but, is. But but yeah. but it's not even insurance policy if one of them go down because if KD gets hurt, then they fucked. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. KD yeah, is yeah. not playing. They're fucked. Yeah, yes. They yes, can't. You can't yes. beat LeBron or Giannis without KD. Yes. Yes. Agree. Agree. But and I agree with you. They can win without him. But it's it's funny. Like you know, I, I mean. I understand there's different sensitivities around this issue, but you can't possibly be talking about not wanting to be a distraction and think this isn't going to be distracting. You you almost have to own it. Like, I'm obviously being distracting right now, but I'm trying to work through this or I'm trying to figure it out. But I'm telling you right now, one thing I am absolutely certain of, you cannot, absolutely cannot have this guy be a part of the team just playing road games without being able to practice or without being able to play home games. That doesn't fly. Like not playing it, home games is some crazy shit, bro. It's like, crazy. That, like, There's some Roger yeah, Clements coming back out of retirement yeah, stuff. Man. Um, but that's but, wild. But, like, but dude, I almost can I almost can stomach not playing home games if he's able to practice and play road games. As ridiculous as it would be, I could almost stomach that. It'll keep him healthy, whatever, right? I, as long as he was able to play in the playoffs by then. I can almost stomach that. I cannot stomach that you're never practicing with the team and now you're just going to show up at road games. How do I even know what kind of condition you're in? Like, I, I mean, I can't, I can't do it. You, you're either a part of this or you're not a part of this. And if you're not going to be a part of it, then you need to know sooner or later so the Nets can make proper accommodations and figure out what they're going to do. Because they so have a lot of guys who are here to win a championship. You know, like you it's want all about practice. practice. It's all about practice. It's all about practice. I give a fuck if you practice or not. Yeah. yeah. You want him there for the 41 home games. If he's yeah. going to play in the games, he's going to play. Yeah. Like, I don't care if yeah. he practice or not. Yeah, I mean, well, if the whole thing's ridiculous. The but but the funny thing is, like, the like this, you know, the idea of, like, you know, well, they're n we're not sure if they're going to accommodate him just playing in road games. I'm like, wait, is there a chance that he's going to be accommodated? Because... There should be no chance he's accommodated. You're either, Man. dude, if you get a religious exemption for some reason and you don't Yo, have to get vaccinated, so. fine. That's cool. But if you're not and you do, then you're getting vaccinated or you're going to have to go 
Play in a market where you don't need to be vaccinated when because you, we can't you, have you just playing half the games. Like that can't be an option. That's not an option. When you got this much talent, apparently it is. <laughs> well, we'll see if it is, man. We'll see if it is. You imagine like KD and Harden here. They're like they're trying these guys, and they're it's just they're friends, so I'm sure they're sensitive about it and they're they're careful about it. But they're ready to win a championship. They got maybe the best roster ever assembled if Kyrie's there also, and they got to worry about if this guy's going to try and just play in half the games, like. And no practices. Man. Oh my gosh, I'm, man! I'm sure. I'm sure they're communicating with him and trying. I'm to sure figure they out, are. Too. You know, I'm and, sure and they working are too. through it. But man, it's a sensitive subject. You know, everybody's different. It is. Everybody has different, different thoughts with their about bodies it. and shit. So, like yeah. LeBron said, you can't. You know, I, I'm not here to force anybody to, to to take the vaccine or say they should or whatever. But by his actions, by LeBron's actions of taking the vaccine, that should be good enough for people to understand yeah. that you know he's pro vaccine. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. Oh, and this is one thing I always have. I, I, I ask people who are against it. What would have happened if every single person made the same decision you are? When would this end? How would this end? If everybody made the same decision you are, how would this end? We'd, we'd still be in the it middle of this shit. It wouldn't is the answer. It wouldn't yeah. end until everybody had natural immunity from infection, which, by the way, is a whole lot worse than vaccination. Why? Because you have to go through Infection. Infection. That's the difference. That's the difference. We have data on billions upon billions of people who've now taken this vaccine and it is proven to be safe and effective, period. And I I, I could understand you don't want to be first at the buffet line. Well, guess what? The buffet has been out for over 12 months since those trials started. Almost 12 months since people have been vaccinated outside of the trials. And this is what's been proven. You know what they want in poor countries right now? that have not gotten access to the vaccine, you know what they want more than anything right now? The vaccine. That's what they want. You, you know you know what would, would absolutely flabbergast them? People turning down the vaccine. That's what would flabbergast them. So I get it to a point. I, I get nuance here. So, see, you know I'm well-read and well-studied on this. I understand nuance there, and we've done a really crappy job with our public health messaging when it comes to that. But if you are looking at the data now, and you are determining something other than you should get vaccinated if you are a previously uninfected adult, you are not reading the data clearly, period. That is that is absolutely immensely clear to the point that I am very comfortable putting it in the terms that I am. And you understand I am here speaking with nuance. I don't think it's effective to shame people. I don't think that's the way to get them vaccinated. I think it's poor communication. I think you have to communicate to them understanding questions. It's totally reasonable to have questions. Understanding how to communicate data. And I'm telling you right now, the data is clear that your best route right now, the cost-benefit analysis, is to get vaccinated. That's the clear data right now. That's it. That, that, that's where we're at. So see, that I, I've had that on my chest for a while, so I had to get it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm going to go sleep five hours and fly to Chicago. <laughs> what are we going to do without Yankee baseball? See, is it basketball oh, season in New man. York now, man? No, it's football season, cuz. Is it, yeah, Daniel football Jones got season. a big win. Got a yeah. big win. This By the end of the year, y'all going to be saying the quarterback is uh, good. It's not the quarterback. Look at ball. Zach Watch. Wilson and Daniel Jones with a big comeback <laughs> Sunday, man. You know what? I have a feeling, depending on what happens with the Yankees, any, any moves made, we'll oh, obviously man. have to react to that. But, you know, we'll keep it going with big games throughout the baseball playoffs, too. So. No, we, we definitely got to react to all the playoffs. I mean, um, you know, it's a big game tomorrow night. I mean, I think the 
Astros uh, White Sox series is going to be epic. I think it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah. So we'll definitely react to those and, and you know, just keep it going for sure. Yeah. The good thing about, you know, Yankee baseball ending is, like, it doesn't end, you know, I don't have to go watch Harry Potter now. Like, I don't have to go in depression. Like, <laughs> shit's just over. Like, I don't give a fuck you mean now. When you like, don't it's play? good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Having yeah. having Everly and and just the responsibility of taking care of a newborn definitely softens the blow too. Yeah, like, man. yeah, see seeing my cute little daughter and, and also just not having time to think about much else. <laughs> I really want Yankee fans and and the Yankee universe to understand that that I don't I, I mean you know, it's it's a disappointing year, but I don't I don't think that we can you can't I mean, say they can't, laid an egg. We can't say they laid an egg, cuz the other they teams were, were better, cuz yeah. Toronto yeah. was really good. Fucking the the Rays are really good, and Boston proved to be better. So it is what it is. See, I think that's actually why, aside from being distracted, taking care of a newborn thing, I think that's actually why this loss isn't stinging as much as say nineteen or seventeen. Yeah, because I I knew this team wasn't good enough to win the World Series. Yeah, and 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 so when you see a bunch, when you look at the field and you know. This team isn't. There's. They're just not as good as these other teams. Look, I. I. I'd rather Boston not continue to beat up on the Yankees in the playoffs, right? Like I. I'd. I'd rather that not be the case. Um, We've lost the last two series of them, huh? Yep. Well, we lost yeah. in eighteen. Last three. Oh four, eighteen, and now this. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I'd like to change that narrative. That that's not great. Even just winning this one game would have at least you know preserved a little joy. Um, but the reality is. You guys know you watched this team all year, you know you know this team wasn't good enough. And so, but, but now would it, would it soften the blow? Like if we would have beat Boston, but then go and lose three to the Rays, like that would have made me even more mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I fuck mean, that. Let's just lose in Boston and be fucking done. Like we'll go to Tampa and get embarrassed. Fuck that. I mean, I mean, I would like to have at least got to watch a little more because I just nah. love that feeling of watching my team in the playoffs, and I would like to have something over the Red Sox. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's just like, it's if it ain't gonna happen. Let me get my rest early. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and like the media loves to overreact when we lose. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. make it a big deal and all that shit. So tomorrow they'll have their fun. But guess what? It's a wild card game tomorrow night. So we'll, it's a 24-hour news cycle fest. Like it's yeah. over. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, like we ain't got to keep watching what the Yankees did and didn't do and all that shit. Because <laughs> now the playoffs are starting. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Um, we will... Uh, We'll be back plenty throughout the playoffs. We wanted to record this instant reaction pod for all you to enjoy tonight as well as uh, uh, Wednesday morning. Um, and uh, and make sure you're watching the WNBA playoffs. We got, we, we've had great series thus far, see? We got big semifinals game four Wednesday night on ESPN. I'll have Chicago, Connecticut. Chicago crowd has been lit. Uh, it should be interesting. Chicago trying to punch its ticket to the finals. Connecticut trying to stay alive. And in the other series, Vegas, Phoenix. Uh, with Tarasi, Diggins, Smith, and Griner balling out trying to go to the finals. Nice. So make sure you guys are locked into that. We'll have another episode uh, shortly. And um, thanks for hanging with us. We'll react to all the Yankees offseason news, too. Anything goes down, any changes made, we'll make sure to react to that. But, uh, you know, we look forward to to seeing how this team tries to regroup and, and now close the gap themselves now that the gap's been closed on them. All right, everybody. You know the deal. Follow us on Spotify. Tell everybody you know. Peace. Peace.